It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. He did what? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Cousins is taken Part down. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Aaron Jones Your team broken it open every with day. With a dagger of a run. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, former Vikings offensive tackle Bryant McKinney. He is also part of the Believe Podcast Network, as Benny Blades was was on the show a couple weeks ago for Lions Week. We're going to talk with Bryant about Randy Moss, about Brett Favre, about the Packers-Vikings rivalry, and a lot more. That's coming up in just a little bit. I want to start today's show with a discussion about something that has been under the radar a little bit the last two weeks. When Kevin King went out against the Atlanta Falcons, Josh Jackson came in and struggled to tackle. He seemed to blow a coverage to the point that Kadar Holman came in in his place. Then, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he came in, played what I thought was a solid game, tackled extremely well, made a couple third-down stops in the open field, and immediately turned a weakness into a strength in that way. He gave up a touchdown on a second reaction play in which he slipped. Of course, the defensive pass interference is what stands out. But here's the thing. When you look at Josh Jackson relative to Kevin King this season, these stats are per pro football focus. In 195 snaps, King has allowed eight catches on 13 targets for 109 yards. That's 13.6 yards per catch. In 167 snaps, Jackson has allowed eight catches on 12 targets for 49 yards, a 6.1 yard per catch average. To my eyes, Josh Jackson has been the better cornerback this season. If we're just talking about this season, if you want to go back and say, hey, look, in in 2018, Kevin King was looking like he could be a breakout star. He was going up against Devontae Adams in practice and was looking like a real true cornerback one, made some plays, gets hurt, can't stay on the field. Well, the can't stay on the field part is a real problem because the Packers have decisions to make about him in free agency. They have to figure out what his future on this team is, and they also have to put the best 11 guys on the field moving forward. 
So if Josh Jackson is going to play like this, he's the best guy. Now, whether or not they want to make that change now, certainly something that will be a difficult decision to make, but will be made easier if Kevin King can't stay on the field. He looked like he was making progress. It seemed like Matt Schneiman all but reported pregame, hey, look, Kevin King is, is moving really well. This was against Tampa Bay, and it looks like he's going to go. And then... They sat him. Okay, well, that's not uncommon. Devontae Adams thought he was ready to go and didn't get a chance to get on the field and was mad about it. So, okay. Then over the course of the week, he has a setback. And Matt LaFleur wouldn't call it a setback, but I'm sorry if you go from practicing to not practicing with an injury, that is a setback. So if he can't stay on the field at a certain point, You're banging your head against the wall trying to expect him to be something that he's not, and that's a player who can stay on the field. So at what point are you wasting practice reps? At what point are you stunting Josh Jackson's development? Because I saw development just week to week, and maybe all he needed was a little bit of confidence from his coaches to say, we trust you to go out there and do the thing for him to be a reliable, consistent player. Now, I don't want anyone to think that I'm implying that Josh Jackson is suddenly Darrell Revis or you know prime LOB Richard Sherman. That's not what I'm saying. He's been a solid, capable NFL starting cornerback. So again, that has repercussions for what the Packers do with Kevin King moving forward. It also has repercussions, though, in season. So let's say King gets healthy, he gets his starting job back because he can go this week, right? If he can go this week, it start, you know, then then J- Jackson didn't really have time to go full Wally Pip and take Kevin King's job. If King can't go this week and Josh Jackson plays well again against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, then all of a sudden it becomes really hard to on a short week turn around and put King in against San Francisco. And then you're talking about, you know, a, a slate of a month now where Jackson can put good reps on tape. But let's say King is ready to go this week. What Jackson's quality play allows them to do is play more true dime. As Ben Fennell pointed out on Twitter this week, the Packers play by far the most dime in football. By f- it's a mile. It's trending toward almost twice as much <laughs> as anyone else. And it's because they love to play what really is nickel with a third safety in that linebacker spot. It's six defensive backs, so it's dime. But it's three DBs in the, the secondary that are corners and three that are safeties. Against the the Texans, who played some of these four-receiver sets, they were able to get Fuller, Cobb, Stills, and Cooks all on the field together. Most teams can't do that, but against some teams, they can. Green Bay was using Raven Green as a slot corner, and as versatile and, and useful as Raven Green can be as a box defender who can defend the run, who can cover tight ends, and occasionally be used in the slot. You don't want him one-on-one with Brandon Cooks with any kind of consistency. So if you look at the matchups, Green Bay may not have to go to that very often over the course of the rest of the season or in the NFC playoffs, unless Dallas miraculously turns it around 
or you know the Eagles decide that they're going to play some vastly different way. Jalen Rager starting to get healthy. Elshon Jeffrey comes back. Deshaun Jackson gets back. Maybe they can go to some of those looks. Seems unlikely considering how much Doug Peterson likes to play those two tight end formations. But having multiple guys, maybe you let Josh Jackson play some of that dime safety that Shannon Sullivan played last year. Because Shannon Sullivan, in coverage, was still good last game. He did not have a great game as a pass rusher, as a blitzer, corralling Deshaun Watson. Bit on a couple pump fakes where he had Watson dead to rights. Had him dead to rights. And because Watson is a magician... Shannon Sullivan was not able to make the play. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill Shannon for that. He's been a very, very good slot cornerback this season, and and looks to be one moving forward. By the way, Jair Alexander, absolute strap city lockdown against the Texans. He is Pro Football Focus's number one graded cornerback in the league this year, and it's hard to argue anyone in football has been better than him. As I said on yesterday's show. The talent on this team says they can be a good defense. We came into the year talking about how the talent on this team, they could be a top five defense. I still believe that, especially with Kamel Martin coming in and and doing some nice things. Didn't Didn't practice at the Mike linebacker all week, comes in, Barnes gets hurt, and and he plays really well, calling the signals for this team. I mean, that is not something that a rookie in his first game can be expected to do with any sort of reliability, and yet he did it. Josh Jackson coming in and playing well. Kamel Martin coming in and playing well. Kingsley Kiki, Montrevious Adams coming in and playing well. They're getting now the side, the, the tertiary pieces to play good defense, to play effectively, to play their role. They've been a solid run defense this season now. The, over the course of the season, because they've been good the last two weeks. Not just like fine, good. This is a, a team that has solid players playing solidly. Their best players are not playing, all of them anyway, like they're the best players. Jair Alexander is. Kenny Clark started, started to ramp it up on Sunday coming back from injuries. Darius Smith has got it going. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith picking it up a little bit. Adrian Amos had one of his better games of the season. He's actually having a nice little stretch here. And Darnell Savage is hurt. This is becoming a bit of a troubling trend for him. He's not been a playmaker. Part of the reason is Green Bay's not giving up big plays. They're not always putting him in a position to be a playmaker because they're using him as that, that deep safety last line of defense type player. He can be more than that. And you'd like to see him be more than that. But the fact that they trust him to be back there is allowing them to play Raven Green closer to the line of scrimmage, play Adrian Amos closer to the line of scrimmage. If all of a sudden they can trust Josh Josh Jackson too, then they can weather the storm in the secondary if Kevin King can't stay healthy. Or God forbid they lose Jair Alexander for a game. Or let's say Shannon Sullivan goes down. Do you let Jair play some in the slot? Do you let Josh Jackson play some in the slot? I think you have to credit Jerry Gray, the new DBs coach, for coming in and, and, and putting together a quality program and getting these guys in a, a position to succeed because Josh Jackson is playing faster. He's playing clearly with more confidence. And w- whether that is just natural or it, it was you know imbued on him by the coaching staff, we don't know. But... He's clearly playing better than he has. This is the best Josh Jackson has looked 
really since the last few games of his rookie season, playing with confidence, playing with speed. And it's something that if he can continue to do it and the tertiary pieces on this defense continue to play well, you expect at some point that these really good players the Packers have, they're going to regress to the mean in a positive way, that they're going to stop playing below average for them and and, and at least get to the baseline, which can allow this team to start really playing quality defense. As uh, my colleague Ryan over at, at APC yesterday pointed out on Twitter, if you take the, the garbage time numbers and compare them to the non-garbage time numbers, the, the all 100% of snaps numbers, they're getting closer together. That's called regression because the garbage time stuff is just that. It's garbage time. And, and if you play less garbage time, uh, then the, the 5 to 95% is a bigger part of your game. So they're right in the middle in a lot of these categories in EPA per play. Right in the middle. Overall, run defense, passing defense, that's what they've been. And right now with the offense playing the way that it is, if that's the version of the defense they get, that's going to be good enough. And speaking of winning, this season is going to be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, win with Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You do all of your other shopping online right now. Why not go buy auto parts? And in fact, online shopping for auto parts is the best way to do it because RockAuto.com makes it easy for you with a catalog that is unique and remarkably simple to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com always has reliably low prices, the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. All right, let's get to my conversation with Bryant McKinney. He is a former offensive lineman for both the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, a Super Bowl winner, a national champion at the University of Miami, and of course, a pro bowler and blindside protector to both Aaron Rodgers and Dante Culpepper. Brian, thanks for coming on Locked On Packers. Oh, thanks for having me. So I I think uh, we're going to get to some of the, the, the Vikings stuff a little bit later um of the current team I want to I want to do a little bit of of history here because you were on the Vikings when they were um a, a uniquely thorn in the side team for Green Bay it was one of those teams where it was just like when Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper were out there no Packer fan felt safe uh because you guys could just throw the ball all over the yard and and the Packers never had an answer for Randy Moss so I want to start here. Can I get your best safe for air Randy Moss story? Um, safe for air. I guess when we came to Lambeau Field this time <laughs> and he um, pretended to moon the crowd, which is something that they would do to us as we would pull up. They would actually really moon us when we would pull up to the stadium. <laughs> and then he mimicked that act and like kind of 
got a lot of flag for it, but I mean, it was it was something that we would see pulling up to the stadium before a game, and uh, he was like, I guess, just doing it back as you know. <laughs> a funny gesture because that's what we always have to see. I was going to ask you about that. Did he know that? Did you know that was coming? No, I didn't. I did. I understood where it came from when I seen it, but I didn't. I didn't know that was coming at all. So he didn't say, "Hey guys, I'm 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 going to pull out the." No, movie. no, it wasn't. It, there was no heads up with that. And and then also <laughs> with um with Randy one time, a lot of people don't know. One one year we all wore like our afros out, our hair out, and I was like a, like a sign, I guess, to let your hair down, whatever. But it really started with me. I had came to um, practice, I think, I'm going to say, like, on a Friday or a Saturday. Because I know I probably think it was a Friday. And I had my I had braids at the time. I had took my hair loose because they were going to get braided after practice that day. And he was like, no, you should keep your hair out like this. I'm going to take mine out, too. And everybody who has afros, we're going to just wear our hair out. Like, So he came up with that based off of me not having my uh, hair braided. <laughs> and it was just out kind of wild. And he was like... This is how we're going to go into the game this week. We're going to go like this. And then, you know, Coach Tyson's like, I guess you're just going to let your hair down and let it hang out or whatever. Like, and kind of we did. And <laughs> that little trend, we actually won the game. And I, it was against Green Bay <laughs> when everybody had like the little. Oh, I remember. I, I have vivid memories of Randy Moss <laughs> with with the, the hair out of the helmet. We'd, he would take the helmet off. Right. And it would just It would poof out. Oh, yeah. That started. I definitely remember that. That started. Uh, um, that came about with that was his idea, but it was based off of. Me coming to practice that Friday with my hair um, was already out, uh, trying to get prepared for somebody to braid it. When I got finished practice that day, and he was like, "Just keep it out." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that was that was uh, a, a set of Vikings teams um, that that played a lot of very contentious games with the Packers. You know, it was, it was Brett Favre against Dante. Um, from your perspective, I mean, that rivalry. I know the the Packers and the Bears is the one that gets all the publicity, but it seems like that was sort of the era when when it seemed like the the worm turned a little bit, and all of a sudden the Vikings became the Packers' number one rival. Did you guys feel that? Um, they, they I mean, but they kind of preached that they were always, we were always the rivals with them. Like you know what I mean? Uh, like you had right the little you know with Chicago and stuff like that, but for some reason with Green Bay always stood out more. Like. Uh, so it always would remind me of my college rivalry with like a Florida State and things like that. So I always understood like right. how big of a game this was for the you know for these two teams. When I mean, you had the opportunity to play with Dante, and and he had the big arm. And then later in your career, you got a chance to play with Brett Favre. What was it like when when Brett showed? That was so awkward to be in the huddle the first time with him because you're so used to like not like him, <laughs> and then you just like look. Up. I'm the left right. tackle, so he's like right next to me, and it's like we looked at me eye contact. Eye contact, and I like looked at him, and I kind of like smirked, and I feel like he got it too, because it's like <laughs> he kind of like he kind of chuckled too, because I looked up like this looks crazy, and I guess my facial expression, because I don't know what it does sometimes, probably gave him like I probably was my facial expression probably was saying what I was thinking, and he kind of caught it and right. kind of laughed too, and I had to do nothing but laugh because I was like all these years of. Us like you know going against Green Bay, especially my whole career at that point, and then it's like you're in this huddle with us now, and it's like so now we're you know expect you to take charge, and it's just like it was just a, a moment of just being at practice and me looking up like what like you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was funny. Yeah, it must have been you know uniquely difficult because both of those guys were you know like Aaron Rodgers in that it's not two and a half seconds 
2.83 and the ball is out. You might have to block four or five seconds to give them time to, to create. I mean, did, did you feel like, Hey, you know, I'm when, when Brett showed up, like, Hey, I'm kind of used to this because Dante was someone who, even if you did lose a, a rep, he might shake off the defensive end anyway. And you're trying to push the ball down to Randy Moss. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, basically they do have similarities in that way, but Brett does things to almost kind of help the offensive line. He pump fakes. He calls like a lot of like just fake things like where it it kind of can help your line too because you know they're reading the quarterback. So he'll do things whereas he's about to throw the ball and then that stops the defender and then they go to try to jump. And so now when they're in the air jumping, he's pump faking it. So he's not even really throwing it. So now that allows me to kind of like shove them. Like you know what I mean? It, he does a lot. He right. plays with the snap kind of like he he really just does a lot. And I realized playing with him, I said. This is a true veteran. This is a true like person who's had so many different experiences, and he can play mind games with the whole defense based off of just changing snap counts up, deflection in his voice, just a whole bunch of just different things he he knows to play with, and it honestly it helps somebody like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Not that you needed the help, Brian, but... Uh, but it just mentally, it uh, just kind of helped us just because <laughs> it was like, he's right. playing games, because normally if you have a quarterback, your quarterback is so, a lot of times it can be just so bland and generic where everything, it sounds the same, everything, you know what I mean? But Brett was played, will play little games, you know, and it, it made them have to think more where I already knew what was going on, you know? So it's kind of like, made it right. a little easier. I'm wondering, you mentioned the, I was going to ask you about this before you brought it up, but the, the, that little moment with Brett where it was sort of like, wow, this is weird that this guy is in the huddle with us now. Right. Brett is someone who loves to, to play games, to joke and have fun and, and mess around. Does he show up in training camp and immediately act that way? I mean, is he just Brett all the time or did it take him a little while to assimilate into the locker room? I don't think it took him much time at all. I feel like everybody already had the utmost respect for him. He kind of just came right in and you know, talked right away. It was like a big personality. Um, you know, media could put things out about people of not sure how or what to expect of him. And when I realized, I was like, he was actually really cool. And then I found out we both realized we were both Libras. So we had that in common. Um, <laughs> a little Brett Favre story. One time, you know, you – you know, you ride the bus to away games, you ride it to the airport together and stuff. So he sat in the back with a bunch of us. A lot of the offensive linemen sat in the back, and he sat back there with us as well. And Lil Wayne, the rapper Lil Wayne, was on tour with an artist of mine who I was working with. And him and Lil Wayne was a huge Brett Favre fan, but they never, ever met. So the artist I was working with, I had arranged it. Like, I said, well, we're on the bus around this time. Brett sits back there with us. You get to Wayne, and I'll give Brett the phone. So we made that happen. So him and Little Wayne and Brett Favre spoke for the first time uh, through me and the artist on the bus. And like he wasn't really familiar with like a lot of Little Wayne songs, but he just knew that like, people in the locker room would tell him that Little Wayne mentioned him in the song. He was like, oh, but he knew that Little Wayne was very popular, but he just wasn't really familiar with his type of music. That's great. I can I can just imagine Brett getting off the phone, going, "Who the hell is Little Wayne?" <laughs> like he knew of him, but he wasn't really familiar with his music. So he he knew that Little Wayne was popular. He just wasn't too familiar with yep. his songs. So when when you were in Minnesota, there was you know some some tumult. You know Mike Tyson and 
the the team ultimately parted ways while you were there and and there was yeah, i think some some mm, contentious contentious days Minnesota is going through some of that right now with a season that is not gone at all the way that they expected it to go. So when when you're in a season like that and and you're looking at at a season where if you're the Vikings this year, six and ten is probably a, a good a good record given where they are now. So how do you as a player try and stay focused because every rep you put on tape is still you know about future dollars for you? What your main focus needs to be is okay, as a team, we may not be playing well, but I need to go out here and make sure I'm still delivering and putting out good quality film, especially if you're on the bubble of somebody who may be a free agent next season, things like that. So you really need to just hone in and, and focus on your craft. Yeah, for the for the Vikings this year, I mean, when you, when you look at the future, they have Kirk Cousins. Um, the, the, the rookie Justin Jefferson looks like a hell of a young player, uh, but they don't they don't have a lot of cap room moving forward. They don't have you know, the young foundational pieces at some of these key positions. So, I mean, what is, what is the move to get this team back? I mean, it's not just one, but, but how would you approach trying to get them back to being, you know, a, a playoff team the way they were last year? Just really have to make some adjustments this off season, whether it's free agency and, and draft. And um, I, I do think at a certain point that they're going to really have to start really trying to find a new quarterback and to invest in and really, you know, try to develop them. Um, I'm not sure how much longer they'll wait around for Kirk Cousins and, and, and hope that he can lead them. I think that eventually they will start turning their attention to, to that, to a quarterback. And, you know, to get good players sometimes, you got to spend some money. So don't be, you know, don't shy away from moving up in the draft or trying to trade up to get certain players. Um to help fulfill your need because the ultimate goal is you want to win and get to a championship. So it's like Minnesota has been that team that's been on the bubble for years, different seasons, but it's like hasn't never been able to quite get over that hump. And it's about the time to give these, you know, give the fans, you know, something they can finally like cherish and be happy about. I want to finish on this. Um, The, the Packers since Matt LaFleur has come there, uh, they have, they have really embraced um, a player-driven identity, lo- allowing guys to be themselves and feel comfortable. And it's a team that seems to genuinely like, you know, hanging out with each other, being around each other. And to a man, they will tell you that that culture helps them on the field. You were on some Minnesota teams that seem to really enjoy being around each other, uh, that that enjoyed having fun sometimes to a fault. Um, and but but. Is it? Do you think that those kinds of things matter? Did you think in the it moment, hey, yeah, the fact that that we love, okay, it matters. It matters. Um, in college, we had the same atmosphere, same vibe. We went on one national championship. To be able to uh, hang with some people and get to know them um, outside of work, um, it puts a lot more trust into you know that person, and then you also don't want to let them down. So when you go out there on the field you have built a bond with somebody that, okay, we've been through a lot together. I don't want to get out here and let you down. So I'm definitely going to do everything I can do to do my part. So when those type of things take place and those bonds really should take place, and it's not just a, yeah, we work together. I'm just here to see your work. And outside of that, I'm not trying to be bothered. People won't really go as hard with each other, but when you have that bond and people do a lot, like we're getting along, even when I was with Baltimore Ravens, like that's the year we won the Super Bowl. We, pretty much all got along and hung out and would do things outside of the locker room. And then when the playoffs came, the focus became, 
let's step away from social media and let's just focus more on one week at a time. And, you know, Ray Lewis was basically telling about, you know, don't post, you know, during the playoffs. Let's just keep everything focused on, you know, each week. And um, I think that is big. It seems like it seems like it's paying off for them, and there were reasons to think that Green Bay was was going to take a step back and and maybe hit some regression. And it and it seems like one of the reasons they haven't is because they play for each other. So, right, it it might be a cliche, but it's if you ask players and coaches, they will tell you it is absolutely real. It uh, is. Brian, I I appreciate it, man. This was a, a great conversation. Oh no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, I want to thank Brian again for joining the show. Great, I love that anecdote about him seeing Brett Favre in the huddle for the first time and just being like, this is kind of weird. And without even verbalizing it, just a look was enough for Brett to get it. And and he sort of affirmed that like, yeah, man, this is weird. I get it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, more innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system, and academic medicine happens through a partnership between a medical school and its affiliated hospitals and clinics. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find groundbreaking cures and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries and new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, thanks again to Brian McKinney for coming on the show. Our weekly Zao You Doing will be back tomorrow. And then, of course, crossover Thursday with Luke Braun and the Minnesota Vikings. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.